Hey there, are you a spiritual seeker looking for the perfect way to blend your physical, spiritual, emotional, and mental health and well-being practices? Maybe you already have an interest in yoga or astrology or want to learn more about yoga's sister science, Jyotish, or Vedic astrology? Well then, I'm super glad you're here, and I'd like to extend you a very warm welcome to the Yogi Scopes podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Holbrook. I'm a yoga teacher and a Vedic sidereal astrologer, meaning I use the sidereal zodiac, so some of the signs might be different from what you're used to. To get a free copy of your sidereal birth chart, please visit my website, yogiscopes.com slash chart. Now let's get started. Glad you're here. Hey friends, here is your Yogi Scope for the month of October. So I'm going to go over the major highlights of everything happening this month. Of course, as always, I'll tell you the dates of big astrological shifts. I'll just tell you outright what they are. Some folks like to write them down if You are on my email list, though. I sent these out on Saturday, so here I am recording this a little bit late. Um, Usually, like, it was my intention to have it out last week, but I went on vacation last week, and I just did not get it done before vacation, and I don't know about you all, but that Mercury retrograde, I think, that I think that's the culprit I'm going to blame, or just like all of the retrogrades, I was like crashing and burning into vacation. I was like, this cannot come here soon enough. I probably could have found time to record this, but I just didn't because I was burnt out. And that could be, you know, we could blame astrology for that, or could also have to do with the fact that I have a three-month-old and an almost seven-month-old, or three-year-old three and almost seven-month-old. So, um, yeah, so I'm super hardcore in the momming right now, and it's a lot. And so, anyway, so here this is late, but I sent it out to my uh, email list subscribers on Saturday. I went ahead and sent kind of, because I had prepared the episode before I left. I just didn't record it. Um, cause I was just feeling super low energy last week, but I'm feeling recharged from vacation now. So you're going to get this, uh, for this week. And then I'm also going to put out a full moon episode this week because the full moon is happening on Sunday of this week, Sunday, October 9th. Um, so I'll touch on it a little bit in this outlook episode and, then I'll put out another episode later this week to cover the full moon specifically because I don't know about you all. Actually, I do know about you all, the ones that have told me. Most folks around here, that I, at least the ones that I get to hear from, um, resonate a lot with the moon. So I like to at least include new moon and full moon episodes specifically each month in addition to the Outlook episode and then the fourth and sometimes fifth episodes are just wild cards. They're whatever we have going on, whatever people are asking me about, stuff like that. So as always with the monthly outlooks, I will tell you outright what the dates are of things happening if you like to write it down, but it did go out via email on Saturday the 1st. Um, So I'm happy to forward that to you as well if you like. Um, And then I'll tell you some overall energies, things this month is a good month for, bad month for. Um, And then as always, yoga practices, how I'll be theming the classes, the the weekly classes that I offer that are now at 6 a.m. Eastern time to match our moon day. It's a free offering, so anybody can come for a 30-minute gentle movement guided meditation on Mondays at 6 a.m. Eastern time, which now, if you can't make that time live, you'll get sent the recording if you sign up um, as soon as 
the Zoom finishes processing or whatever, you'll get sent automatically the recording. So you'll have it, you'll have access to it for a limited amount of time. So you can watch it that day if you can't attend live. So that's fun and that's free. And then on Wednesdays, even though membership signups are closed right now, you can still drop in for decently cheap to, this is the kind of stuff we'll be practicing and I'll tell you about this. So if you don't um, want to join us live or whatever, uh, you can apply this to your own practice or teaching ways to kind of harness this energy. As always, that's what a yogi scope is. Yoga practices for the astrological, sometimes Ayurveda informed weather. And I'm going to talk about that too with this episode because here we are in the Northern Hemisphere moving into fall, into Vata season. And so I've started to notice uh, parallels personally, just in I'm reaching the point I think in my astrology study where I'm starting to notice parallels between um, the astrology and Ayurveda, just things that happen at the same time every year, astrologically and Ayurvedically. So we'll talk about that a little bit in the end. So first, I just want to tell you the overall main theme of the month is a lot of planets are going direct. We're having some forward moving energy this month that's going to kind of propel us into eclipse season towards the end of the month. So that's that's the main things that are probably on everybody's mind is, thank goodness, all these retrogrades are ending and, uh, or at least most of them are ending this month. And especially Saturn retrograde is ending. Saturn is going direct. And I know that's been a particularly tough one for some folks that I've heard from and myself too. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about all the planets going direct. We'll talk about what that means. Um, we'll also talk about the eclipse. And then as always, there will be a special dedicated episode as we get closer to the eclipse because it is at the end of the month. Um, we'll talk about more in depth what the eclipse means, what's going to happen, right? So just so you have them in case you want to write them down, here are the dates of everything happening this month. And I just want to point out before I start rattling them off so that if it sounds really jargony to you, if you're not quite there in your astrological study yet, that if you're like, oh, what did she just say when I list off all these dates? Uh, Just pay attention to the fact that a lot of what I'll be saying is planets going direct, um, a lot of planets moving into air signs, especially Gemini and Libra. Um, and so there's a lot going on with that kind of energy. So then, then of course, after I say it, I'll, I'll talk you through what it means. So I'm not just going to leave you in the dark, like here's what's happening, you know, right. So, um, so first Mercury went direct last Sunday, October 2nd. So two days ago now, as I'm recording this, it's the fourth, um, Mercury went direct. And so now it's still retraversing over some ground, uh, that it, that it retrograded through. So we'll talk more about that in a moment. Um, On this Saturday, October 8th, Pluto will go direct in Capricorn, where it's been retrograding also with Saturn. Um, And then the very next day, on October 9th, there will be a full moon in Pisces, which is also where Jupiter is retrograding right now, FYI, and its retrograde doesn't end until next month, Jupiter's. Um, And then on Saturday, October 15th, Mars will move into Gemini. And so I'm also going to say some more things about Mars this episode because that's another major theme, Mars changing signs and then um, also beginning its retrograde later in the month around eclipse time. So I'm going to say some more things about that. That's also important. Just put that on your radar right now. 
Um, and then Monday, October 17th, the sun is entering Libra the very next day on Tuesday, October 18th, Venus will join the sun there in Libra. And then on Saturday, October 22nd is when Saturn finally goes direct. So a lot of stuff happening around the weekends this month. Y'all notice that? Um, and so, uh, Tuesday, October 5th, 25th, sorry, is our solar eclipse new moon also in Libra. So FYI, new moons always happen where the sun is. So, Right after the sun enters Libra, then we will have our solar eclipse new moon there. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about what that means because we have all these planets moving into Libra this month. We'll talk about Libra and what that represents and what we might be able to expect a little bit um, right now before we have a more in-depth eclipse episode later in the month. Um, and then on Wednesday, so the very day after the... Um, solar eclipse, Mercury will enter Libra. So, and then the last thing of note this month is that on Sunday, October 30th, the very last day of the month, Mars is going retrograde in Gemini. So I just want to say a few words about all the retrogrades ending. So just to recap, we have Mercury just went direct in Virgo. So it's right now it's tracing back over ground that it retrograded through. So the kind of idea with retrograde, and then so this month we'll also have Pluto and Saturn going direct in um, Capricorn. So both of those affecting wherever Capricorn is in your chart. Um, when planets retrograde, they get stronger. So one of the ways that planetary strength is calculated um, is through speed of the planet. And the slower the planet moves, the more prominent its effects are and so this can be good or bad so that's why I think everybody always thinks retrogrades are just inherently bad no they're just stronger they just make whatever that planet already has going on more noticeable and so if you are having bad effects going on with that planet um, and so for mercury it's things like communication and I noticed so I, I've talked about this before that mercury is not the message when we're talking about communication, it's more like the messenger. And if that makes sense, so um, like if you would think about it in terms of your circulatory system in your in your body, the message is the blood, where the messenger is the blood vessels, right? So that's kind of the idea, kind of like why um, like with mercury retrograde, you might have typos in your, in your email. Um, so the messenger, the email is a little bit Distorted a little bit, messed up, but the message itself still gets through even with Mercury retrograde. So that's kind of the idea. Um, and I don't know, this time I noticed there were a lot of traffic jams. And I was like, that's something I'm going to have to study more about. And I think traffic jam, I was like, I just everywhere I went, I was in a freaking traffic jam. And I was like, is this Mercury retrograde? Because I'm not normally in this much traffic, usually. I live near the Asheville area in North Carolina. And so I don't know if y'all know, Asheville is not really a city. It's like, kind of a town that's wanting to become a city and so people that live here for a long time they're like oh our traffic's so bad but if you've ever been somewhere like Atlanta or um even Charlotte in North Carolina I'm like y'all people don't know traffic anyway um so I was in traffic jams and they weren't bad like I still got to where I was going right you know just a little bit slower <laughs> and so that's kind of the same idea with with Mercury retrograde but what I was getting at is so the effects of the planet just get stronger so with Saturn, Saturn has to do with um, habits, routines, structures in your life, um, 
you could think of even like societal institutions that kind of structures government, um, those kind of things. And so Pluto is also, Pluto represents like upheaval. If I could just put Pluto in a word, it's like disruptions, upheaval, um, changing things. So if you were going through or potentially still are going through, because this is what I kind of also tend to see is that towards the end of a trans, any, any given transit. So any given like thing that's happening where a planet's going, it tends to get more strong or more is like things come to a head. This is what I see for folks a lot. So it's in these last couple weeks of this Saturn retrograde, if you've been going through changing habits, changing routines, changing structures in your life, maybe you've like changed jobs, moved, um, things like that, especially. And so notice how changing jobs or move or moving or thing, you know, whatever, you're going to have to change your habits according to this new structure in your life, right? Like you're just going to have to because your same habits um, before. So I'll give an example. My kids changed daycares. Um, so what time we need to leave the house is different now. Like, so that kind of stuff is kind of going on with the Saturn retrograde. And now that Pluto has gone direct, you might start to see less upheaval, uh, as it relates to your habits and structures in your life, you know, you might start to see things level out there a little bit over the course of this month. Um, but then, so up until the time, so it's still like two more weeks, really two and a half, almost three weeks until Saturn goes direct. So that time is still going to be, it's a time to like get settled into the habits that you want to move out of the Saturn retrograde with. And so I was talking with a friend about this, this morning, um, and how sometimes going into the dark half of the year here in the Northern hemisphere provokes the big sad, you know, so seasonal affective disorder, maybe not exactly that, you know, maybe you don't have a diagnosis of seasonal affective disorder. I don't. Um, but I do notice personally that I get a little more lethargic, a little more tired, a little less, like I don't want to do stuff as much, um, during the dark half of the year, which is now beginning now, now that we're past the autumnal equinox, the fall equinox here in the Northern hemisphere. So if you're in the Southern hemisphere, it's a different story. Um, you might be moving into the, the bright time of year, right? But if you're moving into the dark time of year, and even if you're not, so we're at this change of seasons. And so what we see with this retrograde, the retrogrades going direct at this change of seasons is like your habits are going to have to change. And so that's where I think a lot of times we run into trouble because we try to use past habits, like things that worked well during the summertime, in the winter or vice versa, right? So right now is just a major shift. Like it's a, it's a period of shifting, and so what I'm advocating for is for you to spend these next couple weeks um, between now and the time when Saturn goes direct, uh, really thinking about what habits are going to set you up for success and don't lean into old habits. You know what I mean? Like if something's worked well for you in the past, maybe think about why that worked well at that specific time. And if there seems like enough factors in common that you could like bring that habit back. Like, so for example, when I was a teenager, I would spend like, an hour and a half at the gym in the afternoons because I didn't have anything else to do. I was a teenager, you know, like I could just spend all that time at the gym. And now I'm like, Oh, I need to work out. I want to get back in the gym. But if I try to model that gym habit after what worked for me before, 
I'm not going to be successful. So I have to find a new way, which for me has been going to the gym in the morning. So that might, you know what I mean? That kind of idea, like don't try to build your habits based, purely based on what's worked in the past because you probably have something different going on in your life now. It's a reason that, that habit doesn't still exist for you, right? So as you move into the, you know, winter, the dark half of the year here in the Northern Hemisphere, this month is really a time to kind of like settle into that, into like noticing what habits are going to set you up for success so you don't get the big sad, you know. And so we talk about that with like Vata season and Kapha season as well in Ayurveda. So I'm getting there. The Ayurveda stuff will get there towards the end. Um, but so with this retrograde going direct energy is a very much like we're stepping forward into a new season. So even if you're in the Southern Hemisphere and it's you're stepping forward into the lighter half of the year, it's still like a time of shifting and changing habits and thinking about setting yourself up now, especially now that Pluto is direct, um, before Saturn goes direct to kind of figure out what's going to work well for you so that once Saturn goes direct and you're kind of like set in those habits, um, so it could go either way. It could be a little bit easier once Saturn's direct to kind of level out and feel really at home in your habits. But right now is going to be the time where things are still shifting around and you can kind of figure out what's going to work and what's not and just play with it so that when it does go direct, you're like set up for success. I hope that makes sense because then it's also going direct um, right before the eclipse. And um, so before I talk about the eclipse, I want to talk about um, Mars in Gemini and also just a quick well so we'll talk more about the full moon I'll release another episode this week um and I'll talk more about the full moon so just know that the the moon's going to become full in Pisces where Jupiter is retrograding and Jupiter stays retrograde until next month um before Mars moves into Gemini so I'll cover that separately just know that that's coming because the moon's my love. I love the moon. So we'll talk about the moon. We'll get its own special episode and Mars will just have to be thrown in here with everything else. Um, so Mars moving into Gemini on Saturday, October 15th. So this is a little bit going to shift the energy, but if you've been around a while, you know, at the beginning of the year, I was talking about when I was kind of, when we were talking about kind of the outlook for the whole year, and Rahu and Ketu were in different signs than they are now. So our eclipses were happening in on the Taurus and Scorpio axis. And now they're happening on the Aries and Libra axis. And so FYI, also, because Rahu is in Aries, everything that Mars and um, Venus are doing during this whole 18-month span from this past March of 2022 until next November of 2023 uh, are just more important, like it's going to have more of an effect on our life than they usually do, which is also true um, because so Taurus and Scorpio are also Mars and Venus ruled signs, FYI. So they have been for a while, but um, and will continue to be. So Mars moves slower than most of, the, so Mercury, the sun and Venus move roughly the same pace. They all roughly move through a sign a month, like with a little bit of, um, variance to that, but Mars takes roughly two months to transit a sign. And so it is going to be in Gemini for only a couple weeks before it then starts its retrograde. And then we'll be retrograding for like a week before it moves back into Taurus, where it will retrograde through Taurus for most of the rest of the year. 
And so, like I mentioned earlier this year, this is what I'm like, I was telling y'all about it. If you've been here for a while, I've been talking about this. It's here that um, some of the same stuff that was perhaps coming up this time last year with the eclipses in Taurus and Scorpio could be kind of coming up again. You know what I mean? So it's like you might look to where Taurus and or Scorpio are in your birth chart or especially Aries and Scorpio. Um, and if you need help parsing through this stuff, that's exactly what a reading is for. Um, if you want to like a little help figuring it out and kind of putting the pieces together, cause it's a lot of moving parts, right? Um, but so basically Mars has, it's the warrior archetype. And so it also kind of represents our passion and our drive. It's very like third chakra and Agni, um, or things are indicated by Mars. And so when it moves into Gemini, it might be impacting our communication. So especially while Mars is retrograding through Gemini, just be a little careful, like think before you speak is a good um, thing to think of there while Mars is retrograding in Gemini. But then when it begins its retrograde in Taurus, which will be next month, but worth noting now, um, you might start to notice some shifting and changing and stuff related to especially where Taurus is in your chart but then maybe also like finances um just on a collective level I could suspect Mars retrograding in Taurus to bring up more just financial stuff like restructuring around finances perhaps a little heat uh, a little bit of overspending that kind of stuff which is hard not to do right now honestly I mean um I'm not an economist and I don't really like to go there that much but um yeah, Mars, Mars and Taurus, especially retrograding there, could bring up some stuff around finances, especially at a collective level. And I'll just leave it at that. Um, and so I don't, I don't suspect improvement there at least until, um, you know, January or so of next year when Mars begins to move forward um, out of Taurus, etc. So just wanted to mention that, but also. Um, what I really wanted to point out is that the nakshatra, because Mars is moving, so it moves briefly into Gemini, but then it will begin its retrograde and retrograde shortly back into Taurus, you know, only after spending like a week or so retrograding through Gemini. So it'll spend about three weeks total in Gemini, one week of those being retrograde. But the whole time it's going to be in Murgashira nakshatra which is ruled by Mars. So this is the fun part. Vedic astrology gives us this like, this is a little more specific than signs. And so it's an interesting layer of depth to look at the nakshatras as well. And I also think there's value in it for the slower moving things like a Mars, especially with a retrograde. I don't look at it too much with faster moving things because I feel like to me, it just gets a little too little too in the weeds, you know, a layer of depth is good until it makes you in the weeds. Anyway, so Mars will be this whole time in until December 4th. In fact, um, it will be in this nakshatra that's ruled by itself, ruled by Mars. Um, so we'll talk a little bit more about what that nakshatra means, because I think it's, um, it's important to understand how to work with this Mars 
retrograde energy, but I also just want to quickly tell you, so Mars doesn't go direct until January like 12th or 13th sometime, and then it doesn't move on into Gemini again until next March, like again around the 12th or 13th or so. So so this is going to last for a while, um, and so especially during the times while it's transiting Mergashira, Mergashira, its symbol is a deer, and so there's this story um, about the deer and I'm not going to tell the story right now because it's also, it's getting late in the episode, but if you think about it, deer, they like to, they like run through the woods and they run really fast. And so with this archetype, there's also like people like to hunt deer. Um, and so there's this like chase, this thrill of the chase archetype to Mergashira and Mars is also, and since it's ruled by Mars, it's just bringing this energy in even more. Mars is like the warrior. Mars is passionate. Mars likes to pursue things passionately as well. So especially to wherever Taurus is in your birth chart um, or things related to finances, that kind of stuff, how can you bring in this thrill of the chase energy? So whatever it is you're pursuing how can you pursue it more passionately? How can you bring those elements of passion and um, sort of like enjoying the journey rather than only hoping for the outcome? So that's that's kind of something to incorporate during this Mars retrograde. So especially while it's in Mergashira. So all of this month um, and all of next month, that will be the case. Um, yeah, so that's it with Mars. And then to briefly touch on the eclipse and all this Libra energy. So we have lots of planets moving into Libra this month. That's just kind of the idea. That's how it works. Like I mentioned, Sun, Venus, and Mercury kind of roughly move, change signs once a month. Um, so we have them going through all the signs every year. And then things like Mars, Jupiter, Saturn take longer than that. So um, that's kind of where the overlap with Ayurveda comes as these... And that's why I also tell people, like, I, I get the question asked a lot, like, how do you tune out the noise between um, Western astrology and Vedic astrology? Because it just gets to be too much if you're trying to listen to both. But the idea is with the signs, the archetypes of the signs, they largely mirror the seasons. So Libra, if you think about it, falls around the time of the fall equinox, the time of when day and night are equal. Or if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, um, they're also equal, but it'd be the spring equinox, the vernal equinox. Um, but so just to point out quickly, the signs largely come from Hellenistic astrology, Greek astrology, um, and Vedic astrology has its influences because there are Sanskrit words for these signs. So they have some ancient influence over each other, some ancient overlap. Um, both of those places are in the Northern Hemisphere. So that's why they kind of mirror what's going on in the Northern, Hem Northern Hemisphere um, pretty well. So Libra is this like balance. It's a, um, it's a balance between like day and night. You know, the, the archetype is a person holding scales, right? Like so balance. So last week we were practicing Samavritti pra pranayama, so equal parts 
Um, and Vritti, I like to point out, represents the fluctuations of the mind. So using this equal parts breath will help still the fluctuations of the mind. So we were practicing that. So that helps a little bit. That's like a good Libra practice. It's to just practice that. Make your inhales match the exhales. And if you can, you might also make the pauses between them, between the inhales and exhales. And then again, between the exhales and inhales, you might make those all match. So um, we could probably practice that a little bit more in our moon day practice if you want to come join us. Um, but so that's a good Libra thing. But Libra also has this connection to relationships and business like Libra. So I heard, you know, I've been told, been taught that um, Libra doesn't make a good leader because when the sun, the sun is debilitated in Libra, um, and it's said because like, because the son wants to be a leader, right. Wants to be like the leader and Libra is very much like diplomatic, very like, how is everybody doing worrying about the collective? So it's not interesting that this ancient thing conceptualizes it, that the son is debilitated in Libra because traditionally leaders are very much like I make the decisions. This is very patriarchal, right. And Libra is a little more feminine a little more like worry about the collective um and those two things kind of clash they like butt heads and so also I want to point out that the next eclipse we'll talk more about this as we get to the eclipses at the end of the month and then on the November outlook but the um full moon lunar eclipse happening in November is on election day here in the U.S. it's on November 8th which is election day um so that's interesting we'll talk more about it when we get there uh, what that might bring about, but, um, it's just interesting to think that, I don't know, that's just one of those things that comes from the, like, ancient wisdom or whatever that I was taught that I don't resonate with. I don't, some of the best business owners I've known, uh, are Libra ascendants because, um, because they're worried more about, the class, so they might not get the richest, right? Like, like Jeff Bezos or something getting rich. I don't get political. Uh, getting rich on the backs of like, you know, kind of exploiting labor, right? But um, Libra ascendants that I've known personally that run a business, run businesses, are very much like they're great to work for because they treat their employees well. That kind of energy, that's very much like. Um, Libra ascendant, that's just a Libra energy, right? And so Sun and Libra could bring that as well. Um, but so that's what we're, we're having a new moon eclipse there in Libra. So this, this archetype will get kind of brought up towards the end of the month. And so, you know, I'd love to see that shift on a collective level, but I'm not necessarily saying like, that's what's gonna happen. You know, I don't, necessarily like to approach astrology in that way like um trying to predict the future which is interesting because I think that's where why a lot of people enjoy it it's more to get a better feel for the energies so that we know how to work with them so if you want if you're like me and you would love to see that happen then this eclipse in Libra would be a good time to think about in what ways in your life you could work more towards um you know, being more collective, being more worried about the greater good and the collective and relationships. And so we see this with Libra, the balance archetype, the balance between day and night, the balance between the seasons as we shift. Um, so this, this month is just a big time for shifting 
seasons, shifting habits, perhaps stepping forward out of the retrograde, putting your best foot forward. So hopefully that does a good, hopefully I did justice to explaining the overall energy of the month. Um, and now let's talk into what it's a good month for, what it's a bad month for and yoga practices and where the Ayurveda overlap is. Um, so it's a good month for improving communication in relationships, especially, um, after Mercury enters Libra, that might be a good time. It might be a good time to just set that intention. Um, and so like I mentioned with Mercury going direct in Virgo, so it's going to have to retransit over areas of its light area of its light, areas of the sky that it already, you know, so it already moved forward through this area, then went retrograde and ha- it's like two steps back to take three steps forward type idea. That's when, when planets come out of the retrograde, hopefully you spent the time during retrograde laying the groundwork so that when you step forward, you're like better off, you're set up for success. And so that's the idea, especially as Mercury retransits over this last area of Virgo throughout the month until it moves into Libra. Can you set yourself up for success for creating especially these good communication habits in um, relationships and how you relate to other, not just your intimate partner relationships, but um, what kind of habits around communication do you have? And so it's also a good month for passionate pursuits, like I was mentioning with Mars in Mergashira all month. Um, enjoying the ride, enjoying the journey, the thrill of the chase, not being so outcome oriented is not the idea for this month. And then also it's a good month for releasing any relationship pattern patterning that's no longer serving you, especially as we move into the eclipse. So we'll talk more about that. Um, and as you know, we'll have a special eclipse episode and plenty of time for the eclipse at the end of the month. Um, and so, it's just a good thing to be thinking about now, like noticing what patterns and habits around relationships you have, especially during this time while Saturn's still retrograding in Capricorn, um, to think about that. What kind of patterns in your relationships don't seem like they're serving you and during the eclipse time it might be a good time to set intentions around releasing that. And as we know, it's not just like a once and done type thing. It never is. So we'll talk more about the eclipse when we get there, but just that's the overall energy. We're stepping forward into a new season, making progress after paring down, um, balance and relationships are the major themes this month. And so it's a good month for releasing relationship patterning. It's no longer serving you, improving communication and relationships and passionately pursuing whatever it is you're pursuing, just enjoying the ride, enjoying the journey, making it so that you can reach your goals in such a way that you enjoy the process of reaching them, right? So that's kind of the idea. Um, And so it's a bad month for things not being chaotic. So sorry to be the bearer of that bad news. I think this month is going to be chaotic because we have um, a lot of shifting, a lot of stuff happening. Like, I don't know if you noticed that list I sent, a lot of times when I send the list for the month, it's like half as long as this one is. Like there's there's a lot of stuff changing, um, you know, all these planets going direct. We're shifting. We're shifting into seasons. And so that's partially the overlap with Ayurveda is the shifting of seasons. Um, and so it's also a bad month for agreeing to too much or uh, like overcommitting yourself, overindulging. So just be careful of that, especially when I'm talking about the shifting of habits. So I do recognize that sometimes it's hard to change your habits without having something to replace it with. So sometimes to let go of a bad habit, we have to pick up a new, better habit 
and then eventually we'll stop doing the bad habit. Um, so just be careful. This month might be a time of where you're feeling like overcommitted or um, tending towards overindulging and just be on the watch out for that. Um, and so the general yoga practices are grounding and purifying Agni. And then also this notion of putting your best foot forward in terms of stepping out of the retrograde. So in, ter- in, in an asana sense, in terms of like yoga practice, the kind of stuff we're working with is like core connection, not just core work, not like a, not like an exercise class, but like, um, turning on the third chakra, the core in a way that you feel really deeply connected to it. And it feels like, so that's what purifying Agni is all about. It's not just about turning up the heat, but it's about having like, it's like changing the oil in your car, kind of like idea of purifying Agni. And so in terms of more lifestyle practices, um, so in class tomorrow, Wednesday, October 5th, and, and throughout the month, we'll work through themes of um, connecting to the feet and that kind of body dynamics of putting your best foot forward in terms of asana practice, but then also connecting to the core and turning on those deep core muscles um, and that kind of stuff we'll do throughout the month and in, in, in our asana practices. But then you could also think about that in your own personal practice or your teaching if you do teach. Um, and so the overlap with Ayurveda there is the lifestyle idea with Ayurveda, like what are you consuming? It's not just about what you eat, although that does play an important factor, especially um, as Mars moves into Taurus again, which will be next month. But um, yeah, what are you consuming? What are you consuming in terms of like media that you consume? So this is funny. I know people, multiple people, like I'm not calling out any one person. It's just a theme that I see of people that struggle with anxiety and also consume a lot of true crime. They're like, they call themselves like true crime junkies. And I'm like, you like true crime and you have anxiety, you know, like, but I, I've never like said that to somebody because they've never asked me for my opinion, but, um, maybe that resonates with you. Maybe you consume like left to our own devices. Any of us will, consume what we like to consume, which will just further our imbalances. So think about what you're consuming in terms of food, but also in terms of like the time you're spending, the media you consume, and is there a way you could make that match more like what you want to be rather than kind of where you are. Um, And then also building your own heat um, as we move into Vata season. So we, you typically at Vata season, we have what's called like an overaccumulation of pitta. So over on the science of light, I recently had a guest that talked about Ayurvedic cleansing and why you do it at the change of seasons because you overaccumulate the things of that season because when we have environmental factors influencing us, we tend to like, you know, in the summertime, we pick up a lot of more stuff to do and we can't be doing all that stuff in the wintertime. Um, and when we try to, it might contribute to the big sad like I was talking about before. So um, it's just also, it made me think of like I'm sitting here in my office, in my home office, and I've got like a candle burning and um, I'm just a little more bundled up than I usually am. Like I've got like actual like socks on and a hoodie because I don't, I don't want to turn on the heat yet, right? And I've seen that too. It's like we're going to hold out and see how long we can wait until we turn on the heat even though it's getting chillier outside. So it's a good time. It's a good time to be building your own heat internally, especially with that core work like I talked about, to 
um, purify your Agni and burn off some of that excess Pitta before we get really deep into Vata season. So I hope that helps. If you need any help um, parsing out what this stuff might mean on a more individual level, I'd be happy to see you in a birth chart reading. And other than that, I'll see you later this week for a full moon episode. I appreciate you so much for being here. Remember to always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars. Stay in the light. Until next time, friends. Bye.